Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Tried that again. Absolutely. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleague, NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson, who is knee deep in two sports right now as he preps for both the NBA season uh, about two months away and the start of football season about four days away. So he has lots of content. Brandon has done so much freaking work for NFL season. If you're betting NFL, and let's be honest, you're betting NFL. We know you. If you're betting, you're betting NFL. Brandon's got so much content. He's ranked every single kind of factor you can possibly come up with. He'll have bets for games out the wazoo every single week. He's got lots of plays on fantasy. He's got lots of plays on everything. Check out all of his work in the award-winning Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. You can follow us, including my WNBA plays, as we went 2-0 and on Sunday. Although, at what cost, you might ask, as the Seattle Storm and... Uh, Las Vegas Aces, the Aces who I bet on the money line, took about five years off my life in what was an absolutely incredible, <laughs> amaze balls game. But God, if you had the Aces on the money line, you were dying. 15-point lead. They finally come back and get the win in overtime. Uh, my Aces tickets are looking good. I've hedged with Seattle, as I am wont to do. You can track all those and see those picks that I've made for the WNBA playoffs in the app as well. On today's show... Win total season. We're going to start diving into these win totals. The approach is this. For the month of September, we're going to be breaking down two divisions a week. On a Tuesday and Thursday show, we're going to have a division for you, breaking down in detail what the win totals are for all five teams. We'll talk longer about the teams that are most more interesting, and we'll talk less about the ones that aren't. But the ones that we have plays on will be closer to the front of the podcast than the back of the podcast. That's going to kind of be the structure of it is that the teams that we talk about up front, we're definitely betting teams that even if we don't talk about them as much. They'll be up closer. We'll also include in this, we'll do some division wins. We may do some like make the playoffs wins if they're really appropriate in the context. Today's a good episode to start because we're doing the Southwest division. And Brandon, as we start with the new Orleans Pelicans, this is going to be a team. We're going to talk a lot about the value relative of their win total versus the division. I, I spent an inordinate amount of time on this team. Um, one, because I really had a hard time. This team was like five different squads throughout the course of the season. They start one and 12 last year. Then they're, they, you know, they pick up, they kind of write themselves. They figure out some stuff. Then they make the big trade, get CJ McCollum. And then they play Herb Jones and Trey Murphy more. And they get Larry Nance off the bench. And that was one team. And now you got to factor in. And this is the biggest thing, man. I, I will talk about, the number, which is 44 and a half. First thing you have to do when you approach betting the Pelicans over under Brandon is we have to factor in how many wins do you assign the Pelicans based on Zion Williamson's availability? How much do you think he's going to be available? And based on that, how many wins does he add? I lost my mind trying to figure this out. What are your (laughs) thoughts on Zion? Yeah, I, I had in my notes to ask you basically what you just answered, which is is there more of a swing player for one of these teams? Not, not. I guess swing player is maybe the wrong word, but a more unpredictable factor player. You know, like there are bigger swing players. If Giannis were to suddenly go out injured, that obviously is a bigger swing. But just in case of, we don't even really know. Like we don't know if, if Zion is something akin to Giannis if he plays or if the healthy version of Zion is, you know, fine. Or can the healthy version of Zion actually fit on this team? We don't know yet. We don't know how it works with Brandon Ingram. It wasn't always so smooth at times. CJ McCollum, it seems like, might complicate that even further because you've got three guys that want the ball a lot. And Zion, the last we really saw much of him, was running point for this team and, and handling the offense. We don't really know how Zion fits with Valanchunas still. I My whole process, we talked about on how to bet these. I'm looking at offense and defense and looking at the ratings. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do because inevitably the offensive rating has to go up with Zion. But I think the defensive rating has to go down with Zion. And I think it's a lot for both of those. Offense maybe can be toward top five if it's as good as we think it is. Defense might go almost as strongly the other way if it's as is, is bad and a bad of a fit as we think that it could be. So 
if everything goes right for this team, Zion maybe is a fringe MVP type candidate. That sounds crazy. We've seen really only a season of games from him. But the last we saw, here's what Zion was. 27 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists on 65% true shooting, a 124 offensive rating. He was Zion's on the court. Our offense is a god mode right now. So all of that together makes the Pelicans the highest variance team out of 30 on the board for me because the best of Zion is really, really good and elevates the ceiling. And the worst of him, that is none of him because of another injury or whatever, really drops the floor out. That's my answer for now. Where where do you, what do you do with Zion? So I got some more numbers for you. Some more okay. Zion love here for you. In 2020-21, the full season, not full season, the season that, that uh, Zion mostly played, the most efficient player in the league that season was Stephen Curry. No surprise. Uh, in half-court possessions, right? Mostly half-court. Like, the league's mostly half-court. Um, these are possessions where you either shot the ball, got fouled, or turned the ball over. So it does not count assists. But of those positions... Steph Curry was the most efficient player in the league at 1.155, 1.1155. So 11.55. Number two in the entire NBA was Zion Williamson at 1.151. That's a 0.004 differential between the most impactful offensive player of all time and Zion. That's how incredible he was. When we, if you look at that and you turn and you say, okay, but the Pelicans were still pretty bad. You're right. With Zion on the court that season, the Pelicans had just a plus 2.1 net rating. Uh, They were minus 3.5 when he was not on the floor. Okay. So the key here is not that the Pelicans were the worst team in the league without him. So he's like the most impactful player in terms of wins and losses, nor is it that when he was on the court, they were dominant. Like you're talking about some of these guys that have like sevens and eights or your MVP level. But with a roster as bad and young as they had, when you consider that they were still a plus two per 100 with Zion on the court, that's pretty much an indicator that this team, at let's look at it from the betting angle, that's definitely a 500 team. If in the majority of the minutes, you were a positive on a bad team, if we translate to this squad, which is went to the playoffs last year, sub 500, but went to the playoffs last season, Zion's impact. I don't do a lot of, oh, you just take this and then you add in his value and there you go. That's not how basketball works. There's give and take. You play Zion more and you're playing uh, Jackson Hayes, whose lineups were really good last year, a little bit less. You're playing Jonas Valanciunas, whose net ratings were very good, a little bit less. When we look at the number for this, 44 and a half, Brandon, I will just go ahead and say, I bet the over, it's in the app. I went ahead and put it in the app. It's in, I finally gave in. We have a a better play here in a minute. I bet the over, and the reason I got to the over is, after the one and 12 start, from then to the end of the season, they were a 500 team. After they added CJ McCollum to the end of the season, they were a 500 team. If you ask like, well, wait, after they traded for CJ, they didn't get better? No, because... CJ got hurt. Brandon Ingram got hurt. Jonas Valanciunas got hurt. Those three guys did not play together much to end the season. So we have a four. I I am putting their floor sans Zion at 41. So the question is with internal development, more continuity and Zion Williamson, can we get four more wins? I know you don't love that kind of construct. (laughs) So tell me instead what you have them projected for. Yeah, so I, I have a hard time with the yeah with the, with the way we got there because so much is different from one year to the next, not just for this team but for the rest of the league as well. And there's so many stars missing in the West. A lot of the West teams are going to be very different this season than teams that the Pelicans may have faced on a schedule point last year, which that always will be true. But I think it especially is true this season. So I, I have a hard time getting there, especially because again with Zion, I'm not sure there are many more unique players in the game as to how much they're going to change the way your team plays. Like Ben Simmons comes to mind and we've talked about him a lot and we'll get to him as just a guy that, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to completely reimagine what your team looks like when this guy goes in because everything about the geometry of both sides changes here. With Zion on the court, suddenly you have three really good players that need the ball 
And then the bench unit, it's Jose Alvarado, Devontae Graham, probably Trey and Jackson Hay, or, yeah, Jackson, and then Nance at center. There's there's very little offense off the bench. And I know they'll stagger and you get all the three guys, and maybe that's not a problem, but it's it's not a great bench. And there's no scoring punch. It's not a deep team. Zion obviously has the injury issues. Brandon Ingram has had his injury yeah. history as well. I will point out one thing, an underrated thing here is we're not just getting Zion back, whatever amount of him we get. We're also getting a half a season of CJ McCollum. We can't forget that. He was really good, and that adds into all the equation we're talking about too. So I have the Pelicans at somewhere between 40 and 52 wins, which is just extraordinarily unhelpful because that is a <laughs> huge, huge swing. I don't have any other team as that wide of a berth. As I've done this process... I'm going to not play a side, but I lean under here, even though you're like, wait, 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 44 and a half. Your number is 40 to 52. The middle of that is 46. That's higher. You should take the over. No, I have a different way that we, we both like that we're going to play a high-end outcome, but I think the low end is the more likely outcome because I think there are more ways that this can go wrong than that it goes right. But the, the right way can be really good. So I, I'm at a spot, I guess, where I don't want to play the media and I want to play the extremes, but both extremes. All right, we'll talk about that play in a minute. I okay. just want to push back a real slightly on this. Yeah. I, I the one My biggest play, the reason I, I'm making this the best bet for the over is because you mentioned like there's ways that this can go wrong. My problem is that you have to have multiple things go wrong. If Zion gets hurt again and doesn't play, the rest of that team is still probably within range with internal development of like 44. Like we're within range there. I think if you factor in like Herb Jones is going to be better, who I think is one of the best defenders in the league. Trey Murphy's going to be, be better. They get Dyson Daniels. They get more continuity. Uh, it's not a COVID season. All of those things combined. To me, we're within range before we get to Zion. If you say like, all right, let's factor in 40 games of Zion. Okay, he misses half the season still, but there's like the the other guys don't improve. Okay, Zion makes up for that. Like this is my thing is I can't find a path for the under. Like I can't find a path where this winds mm. up as a 42 win team, a 41 win team, yeah. based off of like I'd have to do too many. Per, it's it's like the parlay, right? right. I'd have to. I, I'm having to parlay a lack of internal development, chemistry issues with Ingram and Zion, which I am worried about. CJ, honestly, his numbers were a little wor worrisome. Those continuing year over year. Valanchun is having some sort of injury issue. The bench being a problem, despite it probably, I think it's actually stronger because Devontae Graham gets to go to the bench and help out. And they got Dyson Daniels and other guys like that. And Jackson Hayes, who actually looked like an NBA player last season. Um, all of that, like I have to parlay all of those to get to the under. I don't blame you if you stay away from this because this does feel very variant. But, but I, my initial poll was this has got to be a stay away. But when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, there's a large range of variants. But my problem is like the variance for me is like 45 to 52. So my range for them mm. is, I think, shorter than yours is. Um, there's probably an outcome where it's like 42, right? 42 to 52 is probably like in that range. But for me, the outcomes definitely lean more towards 40. Like the, the lower optimum outcomes still come 45, 46, 47. However, yeah. the Pels are plus 410 to win the division. And that's a bet that you and I both like because yep. of that variance, right? Yeah, that's the way, that's the high-end version of this bet. And it's partly due to the other teams in this division who we're going to get to, but it's the way to say, okay, at, at plus 410, we're talking about, what is that, like a 19% implied for the Pelicans to yep. win the division. And I just, that number is, is far way. too low for, for what the good outcome can be for this team. You and I disagree very much about the floor. And I think... So to what you're just saying, you, you have a hard time seeing the under, I think in large part because your prior puts them basically at 500. So now if they only need to get to 44, how can I possibly push down so low to get right to the very floor that's there? My floor for them is a little lower. So I think that's the difference. But it doesn't matter for the division. What matters is the ceiling and the high-end outcome. My model right now has the Pelicans at 38% to win the division. So we just said implied 19. That's literally double. My, my model would put Pelicans at plus 165. And part of that is because I'm really fading one other team in this division that's expected to be really good. But I think the the Pelicans, the way that you want to play them, for me is I want to play both ends. I actually, I will play the division, 
But again, that doesn't mean I'm not saying by that the Pelicans are going to win the division. I'm saying the Pelicans are going to win the division much more than their implied number. But I actually might look at Pelicans to miss the playoffs too, because for me, the low end version of this probably puts them in that play in race. And if you got the wrong guys missing, which is probably more likely if we're at the low end version, maybe you just fade out and miss that way. So I kind of want to stay away from the middle because I don't really have a good idea what the middle is. If it goes bad, you don't have a point guard to run the team. You don't really have a defense that I like. I'm going to guess you would like the defense more than I do, but I worry about just what Zion does to the lineup. I don't. Like either you play Zion at center and you wreck offensively, but you're just getting murdered on defense or you play him in JV, but now you have one good defender on the court. You have Herb and Herb can't cover all five dudes. He can probably cover three of them, but he can't do it all. So I think it's, for me, the, it's extremes. I think it's more about lineups, right? Like I think a, I think a Jose Alvarado, uh, Herb Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, Zion Williamson lineup is probably still going to destroy world defensively because Jose and Alvarado are so good in terms of their overall defensive impact, even if it's stagnated, but you're not going to see that as much and it's not going to close because it's going to be Brandon and CJ. Right. Um, I'm worried about the defense. Like there's no, like I'm absolutely worried about the defense. Okay. So like understand it there. Um, I think at 410, there is just a really good value here, yes, especially I think sure. a lot of this is based off of there's teams that we there's one team in particular, the favorite that we don't want to play that we're going against. And that builds a lot of the value for this. Uh, let's go to our second team, though, because you've got another best bet. Uh, this one's tricky because the number that you got is no longer available. Uh, yeah. The Houston Rockets at. 27 and a half were their opening number and Brandon jumped on it and bet the under. I wasn't ready to like figure out where I was at on, on, on these teams yet. And so I waited and now the number is back down to 25 and a half. There's 23s and a half in the market as always shop around with all of these. Like the Pels are another one. There's a 45 and a half in the market where the over is minus 140. Don't bet that under no circuit. Like I found a 44 and a half minus 110 last week. So if that's not there, I do not like it. Like, I don't, it's not that it's that narrow. It's just that I, do, I don't want to start getting up in the 45, 46s, especially if you're laying juice. So like shop around and wait, but the Rockets though, 25 and a half. So you got the 27 and a half and bet the under. Yeah. I don't feel like we need to spend a lot of time explaining why we want to bet the under here. <laughs> the team's horrible. It was horrible last year. They got a player that needs good guard play. They don't have good guard play. I don't feel like there's like, a lot of reasons we need to explain this. My question for you though, is you liked, it was 27 and a half and I haven't seen that number come back. If it does, by all means, I'm with yeah. you. I'll be on it as well. But what's, what is like the grade that you give the various numbers that you, that you see out there, like 25 and a half, 23 and a half, where do you come in on? They're still having value. Yeah. So that's the key with this one. And uh, my answer is different than I expected. I'm still in. I'm, I am in on the under 25 and a half, and I would play to 23 and a half, which means if that's if that's your only book you've got, and that's the lowest number on the market right now, I would still play because my win range for Houston is 16 to 23. So yeah. my entire range of outcomes is still below even the lower line. Of course, you'd rather have the 25 and a half or the 27 and a half. But to me, this this is clearly the worst team in the NBA right now. And I don't think that there's any real reason to believe that they wouldn't tank at the end of the season. I know, I know we want to establish winning culture and all of that, but this is a team in particular that has traded away a whole bunch of their upcoming draft picks. This is the last year for a while that they really fully own the rights to their draft pick. They need this one still. They need another piece to the core, especially if they're a 20-win team. They only won 20 games last year despite a seven-game win streak. They had a random seven-game win streak and still only got to 20. They're expected to win pace the last two seasons, 21 and 23. I hate the defense. I know you like the defense a little more than I do. I can see it in time. I like Jabari Smith, but basically Jabari and Shangun are the centers. There's no center on this team. There's nobody to protect the rim. It's those guys. And my, my whole matrix, basically, on how am I betting teams is... I value defense a lot for win totals because good defense gives you a high floor, bad defense, really bad. I think this defense could be the worst defense in the league or close to it. And I also love to bet against teams whose offense is giving the ball to young guards a lot. And 
and uh, Jalen Green, going to be a good player in time, going to have some flashes this year. But with him and KPJ running the show, I expect the offense to be bad, not horrendous, but bad. I expect the defense to be perhaps closer to horrendous. I I truly, when I was preparing, thinking, okay, what's the over, what's the under? I truly have a hard time finding what the over is, other than they got another one of those 70-game win streaks. So I like the under. I like it at 25 and a half a lot still. I would still play it at 23 and a half. Uh, 23 and a half at DraftKings, you can get actually plus money on it. So if you want to put another bet down, that's absolutely in play. I need to be very clear about, I like the defense more than you. Does not mean that I think <laughs> this is a top 20 defense. They're going to yeah. be, they're going to be bad. What I basically found when I did the deep dive on them, um, and I watched a, a, a ton of Rockets clips um, because they're one of those teams that I stopped paying attention to because I was like, they're tanking, they're terrible, I'm out. So I need to catch up on them. This is the time that I do that, right? It's like you, you take the time and you do it now. What what I got to say is basically I was expecting, like it, it made my eyes bleed. Like they're so bad. <laughs> they, they Like watching them is painful, like genuinely painful. At the same time, they're not so bad that it was like they were actually I'll put it this way. They were better on defense on clip than they were on offense. They are undisciplined. There's so many. This is the biggest thing. If you want the here's my case for the under. There's a lot of possessions where they just don't know what to do. Like they have no structure. And there's been a lot of talk about installing a lot more structure this offseason. The plan is basically because neither KPJ nor Jalen Green are great facilitators. They can't run the offense right now. They want to run it through Alperin Shangoon and Rockets fans are big on Alperin Shangoon and Shangoon's been great in Eurobasket. I personally do not think he's ready. I watch his clips and I go, this is a guy trying to make Jokic and Domana Sabonis level plays and is not ready to do it. Like the idea is there, but he's like two seconds behind the defense versus two seconds ahead of it. So he's, his turnover rate is horrific. What's crazy is defensively he gets bullied as you would imagine by his direct matchups, but you don't worry about that much because there's just not many post players in the league. When he switches, the numbers are shockingly good. And I was like, this is, there's nothing, this can't be right. So I went through and I watched the clips. I watched every switch possession. Brandon, he's a legitimately good switch defender. He just is. Jayshon Tate, legitimately good. I don't know if they're going to run that. I don't know if they're going to play drop still because that's easier on the guards. If they do that, I hate that because he'll get destroyed then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's terrible in drop because if he if he doesn't have the muscle, if a guy gets a head of steam, he gets knocked into the into the basket. Jay Shante, I think, is really good. KPJ actually, KPJ was 99th percentile last year as a spot up shooter. If you just tell KPJ not to handle the ball, good things actually happen. <laughs> good I luck with that. Faith in that. Actually, yeah. There's a the 25 and a half right now is that is at points bet, and the under is minus 180. Now, there's a DraftKings 23 and a half that's plus money under. So if you want it, make sure, again, to shop around. I don't want to play it over. This move from a, I want to bet the under, when I watched it, I was like, they can win 26 games. Like, that would not surprise me. 26 games, the third spot in the lottery, fourth spot in the lottery. Silas, here's a big thing, is Silas, I think, is coaching for his job. So I don't know, like... yeah. Here, if you think Tillman Fertitta is going to pay somebody not to coach and fire him early, fire on the under. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but uh, Silas was in my notes as well. Uh, he, the, the man hasn't really had a fair shake with this team. No, to he be hasn't. totally fair. But it's hard to argue. I think that there are that he has to be a bottom five coach in the league right now, yeah, based he, on what we've seen. Yeah, he's he's near the bottom. So even that, that's another spot where like I'd be careful. Where well we'll get to the Spurs, but it's pop. I'm worried. I'd like you. There's a floor raising element to a great coach. I don't think I have to factor it in with Steven Silas. Nine of the twelve guys I expect in in the Rockets rotation are 22 or younger this season. That that is a college basketball team playing NBA ball. And on top of it, the two most important guys in the team, Jalen Green. His archetype is a type that takes usually like four, five, six years to really hit stride and be a winning player in the NBA. Jabari Smith has a body type that is going to take some time to figure it out. I like these guys. I like the players. I think it's going to be a fun team. I want to watch Houston. 
Oof. I just think I want to watch Houston lose. As you don't want to watch that, them either. <laughs> as somebody that just watched all, almost all their possessions, I'm telling you, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> maybe if they get a lot better. But for me, this is a stay away. I don't like the number this low. There are other teams I'd rather, if I'm going to bet the the absolute low point on, um, I'll go there. I'll tell you this. If it gets down to 22 and a half, I'm going to at least like look at a small play on the over. Probably not, though. I think it's a, I think it's a solid stay away. All right. One of the teams I put in an immediate bet as soon as the win totals came out. I already have plays on this one in the app. The Memphis Grizzlies. This line opened at 51 and a half, which is where I grabbed it. Me too. Uh, It's now there's a 50 and a half, 50 and a half minus 150 on the under in the market. There are also the the minus 110s are all the way down at 48 and a half. Notably, some of the sharp what I would consider to be sharper books like Westgate Superbook. They're at 48 and a half. It is very apparent that the Sharps have been like, if Sharps are playing this, the money is coming in on the under. And there's a lot of reason for this. There's, I'm honestly shocked this went this high, Brandon. There is an inherent, and I've talked to bookmakers about this. Memphis is amongst a, a handful of teams, Utah and Sacramento are two other ones, that the market is so unattractive. Nobody wants to bet. Like nobody wants to bet Memphis. Nobody wants to bet Utah. Nobody wants to bet Sacramento. They want to bet the Lakers and the Knicks and the Bulls. Like the public doesn't come in on these win totals for these obscure teams. Like I've actually talked, like bookmakers have said this. They rank, like they put them lower. Like the Lakers go above. (laughs) Teams like the Grizzlies go under. And so like, that's something to consider here. But even then I was shocked when this number came out. I think a lot of it is the jaw hype. And coming off of they finished second in the league last season um, or in the Western Conference. And they were like the the big story. Like they were the story of the league last year, I thought. With Jaw, they were so much fun and all this, that, and the other. But for me, uh, this is absolutely an underplay. We both bet it early. Tell me about what your projection has this at and why you like the under. Yeah, I like the under specifically because of Jaron Jackson, who I think is really important to this team And I very much worry about what his outlook is for the season and then what their outlook is. Jaron Jackson has been a guy that takes a long time to come back from injury and takes a long time to ramp up even once he is back to get to his best self. He is absolutely vital to both sides of this team. On offense, he's the guy that can space and get out away from the basket. You have to be able to do that for John Morant to just crash into the lane and do John Morant stuff. Their offense is actually sometimes cratered worse without without Jaron Jackson than the defense has. We know how good he is defensively. We don't need to talk about that part. They need him for that, but they need a spacing on offense. I love Brandon Clark. He's my dude, but not the same sort of guy on either side of the ball. And you also, when Jaron Jackson is out, now Brandon Clark starts. Now you look at the bench and the bench suddenly is like, oh, this is the bench. The bench has been the strength for the Grizzlies for years now. And the start of the season, for as long as it takes till Jaron is back, here's your bench. Tyus Jones, John Conchar, Zaire Williams, probably Jake LaRavia, and Xavier Tillman. These are quality players. Like, those are nice eighth and ninth men dudes, but you need somebody on that bench unit to come in and do some stuff. And... I am very worried about this team. I project the Grizzlies around league average, both offense and defensively, and I have them at 40 to 46 wins. So that is way under the 51 and a half that we grabbed. It's under the 50 and a half and the 48 and a half. I'm still betting the under here. There's an alternate under, under 45 and a half is plus 235. My almost, almost my entire win range is below that number. And that still is, that makes us very much in play. We said also, we'll talk a little bit about the playoff picture. I will look at a miss the playoffs for the Grizzlies here. The way that I shape up the West, I have a very hard, it's a very difficult path for the Grizzlies to make top six for me. There there are teams that are, it's not just they're ahead of them, but ahead of them by a, a margin of games because I have the Grizzlies where they're at. So I will like the miss the playoffs, but because for me, worst case scenario, I can hedge in a play-in game. If I don't want to bet against Jaw and Jaron's healthy by then, I understand. Maybe the Grizzlies will be good. They've been good then. But I think that's a good position as well. It's a team that it, it's one of my biggest fade teams for the season. So, one, I need to update this. Um, I had this wrong in my notes. Uh, DraftKings is at 48 and a half. 
what Superbook, which is one of the, the sharper ones, is still at 51, so circa. So books that take the highest amount of money are still at 51, which honestly makes me a little bit like, e. I don't, <laughs> I don't like going against them, but this one's too strong of a play. I just, I, th- I think it's got to be 51. I think you have to do 51 here. Um, okay, you have to go the under. You just, you have to go the under. I will say, I don't know if, if I want to get into like you, the, you, the missing the playoffs of the alternate unders. Like, are you going to bet the alternate under? Have you bet the alternate under? I haven't, but I'm going to. Yes, okay, I'm going to put it in the app once we okay. this post. Yeah, my only thing is Jaron. So here's the thing: Jaron's injuries return is somewhere between the start of the season and January. It's like somewhere in there. Sure. And the word out of Memphis is very much optimistic, and like they're like the league league source, the sauces are very much big on like yeah, they think he's going to be back pretty close to the start of the year. I tend to be like they think that, and then the conditioning isn't there, and then it's another week and then well, he's not, not there and it stretches out and then all of a sudden it's December at the earliest. So like I'm, I'm with you in projecting later. Um, I think losing D'Anthony Melton was massive for them. Yep. Kyle Anderson, another but big one that they lost. I can still definitely see jaw and Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark. And a lot of this also probably is based off of you hated their draft. Their draft was like, They've dra- they they kept picking guys that you am I wrong on this that you dislike? No, no, you're totally right. Um so like if they're and their their drafting process has been really good, if they win that one. Now they went against a lot of draft Twitter on this. So like I tend to be like, I don't know, Matt, guys, you may have shot your shot too far. Um this range, this is a, a I I think the play-in bets are one that's a a real debate and I get your view, which is like, you want the return of missing the playoffs. I get that. Um, for them to be in the play-in tournament is plus 220. And that's 7, 8, 9, 10. So if I don't think that they're going to be as bad as the San Antonio Spurs or the Houston Rockets, which I don't, but I think that they're going to be not going to be as good as the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors, one of the other Southwest teams and the Nuggets or the Wolves, I'm home. Like, I know it's trying to land this four spot. I I get that. But the way that I look at the league, I really like this plus 220 on to participate in the play-in. And I know, you, like, I again, I know that the numbers are better for miss the playoffs and you can hedge with the game. Yeah. You may have to hedge twice then if they right. win the first one and that, right? Like, Sure. So yeah, the, the the flip side is, and I think I think your answer to this is that you're not giving this a real opportunity. But is there a chance that they miss the plane entirely? That they fall below the ten, or is that what you're saying that you don't really give that a realistic scenario? I don't so give it a realistic. I don't see any scenario that they finish with a worse record than the Spurs or Rockets. Which is yeah, but they they gotta they gotta finish below they gotta finish five teams to to miss okay. the plane. Spurs, Rockets. You're right. Spurs, yes. Rockets, Thunder. Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> so it's four. There's, there's, right. There are 11 teams in the West that want 10 spots. So right. it's a pretty narrow window for sure. Right. I get but, that it's, it's a narrow window. The other thing yeah. here, honestly, if we're doing this, this goes back to our original bet. If we like, if we just don't think that Memphis isn't going to be that good, bet the under on Memphis, just take the four to one on the Pels to win the division. Like, yeah. And that's your outcome because that leads us to the, the next team in our rundown, which is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, this one's really fun. Uh, over under 47 and a half. There's a 48 and a half in the market. Dallas is really interesting to me. I initially started betting Dallas to win the division. I have them in parlays. I have Dallas winning the division in parlays. I actually think that Dallas should probably be the favorite in this division. Like this to me is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Grizzlies, Dallas Cowboys. If we're putting it in division terms where, mm. and I wouldn't be surprised by the start of the season. If those actually wind up flipped. I, I still think there's value on Dallas. I don't love the number. This is another where I, if I'm going to bet it, I want to bet the division only, which it's not as good of a number as the Pelicans because the swing in it is very, very high. Um, the other way to look at this, honestly, is if you want to bet the over, just bet, just bet Luka to win MVP. Like if they win, if they wind up winning 53 games and they're a two seed, there's a very good chance that Luca is the, is the most valuable player in the league. And you still get, can get him at plus 400 to plus 500 in the market. There's still 
those kind of numbers that are sitting out there. We talked about that in the MVP episode. You can talk about that. We'll talk about more closer to the episode. Uh, Mavericks right now are only plus 125 at DraftKings to win the division. So you're not getting the kind of return on the Pelicans, which is why I started betting more on the Pelicans to win the division because the return is so much better. But I will tell you, Brandon, like I put Mavericks and Pelicans same tier. I think those are our equal tier teams. Hmm. I think there is an overestimation of the loss of Jalen Brunson. Not in terms of, because this, this I think is a real recency bias thing. I'm curious as your thoughts on this. My idea is everyone's acting like, look at what Jalen did for them last year and taking last year as the only scope of the universe versus the entire span of the last three years of who Jalen Brunson has been and who the Mavericks have been while also ignoring what Lucas season looked like, which was not great last season. Does that logic check out to you? Yeah, I, I think I'm in a similar spot with the logic on this one. I agree that Jalen Brunson, we saw how good he was in the playoffs, especially that for the first couple of games without Luca. We saw yeah. how Brunson was really, he was really good. He was, he, Knicks fans, he was really good. Congratulations, you got your guy. I think Jalen Brunson's loss to this team is overstated also. They added Spencer Dinwiddie. They're going to get him for the whole season. We'll see how it holds up. He doesn't always... He uh, tends to wear out his welcome, as we know with these teams, but seemed like a pretty good fit there by a lot of the numbers, not always on the postseason, but in the regular season, Dinwiddie, not Brunson, was the more valuable player to this team by a lot of the advanced metrics. So getting more Dinwiddie at the cost of Brunson, sure, you'd rather have both of them, but I think that could be a wash. We had Christian Wood. Christian Wood has a chance to be really good for this team. We've talked a lot about that already on this podcast. So I agree for me, if looking at Dallas, in this division, I think the floor for the three teams we've talked about, Dallas and Memphis and New Orleans, I think the ceiling is similar to those teams, but Dallas's floor is much safer and much higher to me mm. for one reason, Luka Doncic. As long as Luka actually plays most of the season, Dallas's floor is safer, which to me is why I agree with you they should be the division favorite because Luca's floor puts them up in that range. So here's, here's the way I'm looking at this. The line is 47 and a half. The way that my projection for them sets up, I have them at 46 to 54 wins. So that should be an over, but I don't feel good about it. I feel a little queasy about it because I'm worried about this defense. They're number six in defensive rating last year. Feels just, unsustainable. It, it, feels it, it never made sense. It, right. Like, look at the roster. Who who are the good defenders on the team? I don't I don't see it. And Christian Wood maybe can be okay, but hasn't been a lot of the time. And even some of the guys, like they're playing Frank Nilakina and Josh Green a lot of minutes. This year they wanted to play them as much, but those guys are actually good defenders. So better offense, less defense. I, I don't trust the Jason Kidd and defense part of the floor to go too in on this team. But what do you think about this? For me, because you're not going to want to bet this one, but because I'm so low on Memphis, what I realized is I have Memphis in a totally different tier than New Orleans and Dallas. I have them just Thanks. a total separate tier below. For me, I have them not top two in the division. So I'm doing a mat play here. Rather than taking my Pelicans plus 410, why not take Pelicans one Mavericks two? Yes. Because I don't see the Mavs falling out. I don't see the Mavs falling too far. The Pelicans beat them. They beat them by a few. So why not take that one at plus 850 and it's a way to get my Pelicans and then have my Memphis cake and eat it too. I love it. I love it. I love it. And if you're like me and you like playing both sides, <laughs> I love these bets. I love the one, two bets. You do. <laughs> and well, the re here's the reason is if, is if we bring it into the tears concept, right? If I'm just like, I don't think Memphis is going to be finished better than New Orleans or Dallas. I don't know who's better between New Orleans or Dallas, but I think it's a two-team race. And often in these divisions, it is a two-team race. And so if, if your prior is right, if our prior is right, that Memphis is going to be worse this season, that there are a tier below these two, you can bet Dallas one, Pels two at plus 500. And you can bet Pels one, Mavs two at plus 850. Like you put one unit on either one of those and your return is going to be great regardless. And the outcome, like, is you're you're just saying you're, that that bet translates to Memphis, San Antonio, Houston 
are going to be three, four, five in some order in the division. Doesn't so, matter who, just three, four, five. As it gets closer to the season, uh, DK will offer a one, two, regardless, like top two in division yeah. at a lower number. And you can just bet that right. it'll be approximately even if you don't want to mess with getting both bets in. But for so me, I want to push back on, on half of what you're saying. I only want half of the bet. You know. the, the mat, I know the mad thing is to do the both sides and you, you like, and, and the Brandon thing I know is to take the more aggressive approach, but here's the reason there's a specific reason for this one. Dallas's floor for me is a top two seed in the division. I don't think New Orleans's floor is top two seed. Yeah, that's the difference. New Orleans could yeah. fall out and then they go below Memphis. So I only want Wait. the version where New Orleans is one, Dallas is two. But what if we bet New Orleans one, Dallas two plus eight fifty, and then bet and just bet Mavs to win the division on the, and has that as the hedge, and you don't have to worry about the floor for the Pels. You're just saying like that essentially says. If the Pels win the division, Memphis is third. And if Dallas wins the division, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just not going to be. Yeah, but, but the number on Dallas to win the division is nearly 50-50. So now we're, we're, we're taking away all of our profits now. We don't have a good way mathematically to do that one. So I, I think you, you either have to do it or not do it. I, I want to respond to one other thing you said, because I had the same question you did. If you like the Dallas over, if you like Dallas division, shouldn't you just bet Luca? And I actually am not sure. I, I thought yes, because that's, again, me looking for the, the longer shot angle that I can do. That's the way I would do this. But the way I have the, the West set up right now, and because I think there's a, a definite path for Dallas to win the division and still not be that great, because Memphis just wasn't very good and New Orleans wasn't very good. We've, we've lined up the ways that could happen. So Dallas could win the division like they did last year and be in that three, four, five, six range. And historically, that would mean Luca probably is not quite the MVP winner still. So I don't think that's necessarily a slam dunk that if you like the over and the and the division to go with Luca MVP, for the most part, Dallas just turns into a stay away for me because they're kind of just in the middle of everything. I'll, I'll just say this. I'll, here's like some more reasons for you to take the over. If you're looking for like, I, if you like, came in this podcast, and you're like, I want to bet the, the Dallas over. And you're like, I'm not convinced. Zion's never healthy. That team can't defend. Okay, fine. You want here's what it is. I'm a Christian Wood believer. Um, here's my my under this is where I'm at with Christian Wood. When Christian Wood's in an environment where he can actually compete and win, he actually does play and does try. He will not be a good defender, but he can be fine. There's a lot of people that are fine if they're in a competitive environment. Christian Wood is not incapable of defense. Christian Wood does not give a shit. Those are two different things. And what happened was when he was with Houston and they started off the season, when it was Harden and they were actually trying, Christian Wood was pretty good. And then Harden was like, I'm out. And that's when Christian Wood was like, well, another tanking season, just like it was in Detroit. Last season, same deal. Christian Wood was like, I'm here for mine. That's toxic. That's terrible. That's not somebody I want on my team. However, Dallas needed a guy. Wood's perfect. He's a pick and pop threat that honestly, when I watched the Houston stuff, he was the best player last year. He was their best, like most talented player. Locker room cancer. Most talented player. You put him next to Luka and you have both rim gravity and the three-point threat. He's like if you took Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba, made that player athletic and combined them. He can shoot from the outside. He can drive to the rim. Both of those things are good. They have JaVale for regular season rotations. Luka's in Eurobasket right now and in incredible shape right now. They lost to Bosnia. Not great there, but he's in great shape. I can't stress this enough. Luka Doncic does not have a chance to get fat, which is what happens every offseason. He, <laughs> he takes off. He goes partying, he comes into camp out of shape and then works himself into shape. It's what's happened the last three years. He does not have the opportunity because he's already playing competitive basketball. So for me, that outweighs like a lot of this. This is that's where my MVP stuff comes in is I think Luke is going to kill it anyway. And a lot of that makes up for the if I think that there's a possibility of defensive regression, which I do, Luca makes up for a lot of that. Luca was 46th percentile last year in individual offense, Brandon. Like the numbers on Luca are staggeringly bad relative to his standards, like across yeah. the board. Well, across the board, but only if you include the entire season. season. If, you, if you shake it down to the last like six yeah. to eight weeks, he, he suddenly is in the Jokic, yeah. Giannis, sure. and Luca conversation. But, but, but you need him for those early. Like, those yeah, games. no, absolutely. Right. So here's kind of the thing is if we just think like, that player will be around for a full season now with conditioning. That's where we get to. Finally, this is the last team on, on the board, and not just because they are... Um, look, I, this is a betting show. If there's real value here, I'd be in on it. I don't know what the fuck to do with the Spurs, Brandon. 
I don't know <laughs> what to do with this team. 22 and a half win totals of 23 and a half uh, over the last 10 years are five and five to the over under. They're exactly even. There's no value in finding like usually there's like plays. There's some trends that say that the lowest on the board has some value, but this is tied with a couple of other teams. So there's not necessarily like a clear answer there. You assume they're going to tank. And so that would mean play to the under. The last time that the Spurs tried to tank under Popovich, which was the Tim Duncan, when they got Tim Duncan, they won 20 games. They were respectable. I could, If this was like a point differential, I might take the over. I could see them being yeah. really competitive, but losing? If you just want to be like, I'm going to bet the bad teams to tank, San Antonio is the most clear answer. They have some guys that could surprise you. Keldon Johnson, we've talked about for most improved. If I have to bet it, I'm going under. I don't know what to do here. Yeah, I, I'm in a similar spot in that I am totally avoiding. I'm staying away. If I have to bet it, I'm going over if I had to bet it because the only case for me why it should be under is that they actively try to lose games to get the number one pick, which is a very good case. That's why I'm not betting this one. But if you just said, hey, it's a young roster. Pop's going to coach the guys up. Keldon will get better. Josh Primo will get better. Devin Vassell will get better. Jakob Pertl and, and rookie Jeremy Sohan should help make the defense decent, right? Because Pop coaches up defense. Their expected win total last season was a 500 team. They had a positive net rating for the year. Their expected wins the last three seasons have basically been 34 to 38 win pace. So there's not talent on any of those teams, really. They sh- By every measure... The teams looking back the last three years should have been like 25 win teams, but it's the Spurs and it's Spurs culture and pop. And so they get wins that they shouldn't. All of that, if, if I just knew that they would actually try ever to win games, I would love the over. I'd feel really good about it. But there's no team that has any bigger incentive to absolutely tank and purposely lose games than the Spurs. So another it, case for the over might be that there's not. Here's one of the things that's weird. There's so many teams that are clearly positioning themselves for, for women Yama, but they're not that horrible. Like the Pacers yeah. are a team. I think are going to be in that conversation, but they got Tyrese Halliburton and they got a bunch of, like they got a bunch of really uh, pretty good players. Like what's the, what's low for them. Like if they tank, but it's 26 and the Spurs only have to get to 24. Right. So, but like, I thought you were going the other way on this because you could look at what Houston is and all things we said about their, their very young team. The Spurs are young. Houston is a different version of young and inexperienced than the Spurs are. The Spurs have NBA players. Like they have competent guys who on a different roster could make an impact this season. And you combine that with quality coaching. And also too, don't forget the flattened lottery odds. You only have to be one of the bottom four teams to get right. the same odds for number one pick. That also could, you know, if you get to the end, they could win 24 games, 25 games, and yeah. still have that same odds for number one. It does matter because you want if you don't get the, the top pick, you still care about where you're at. But I don't know. It's the, the tanking thing just makes it. I was shocked when the number was the lowest on the board because to me, that is the books clearly going all in saying, I know what the Spurs are. They are tanking. We're yeah. declaring it. And, and- I think, if the books know, they know. <laughs> I, I think that they're right. It's just, here's a good example of it. Um, This is my understanding of what happened last year. The front office was ready to pivot. They had no interest in the play-in. And the players came to them and were like, we want to make the play-in. Like, we want to compete. We want to try and make the playoffs. Team's like, all right, let's go for it. You know, that tells me that there's probably, and you, you said like there's NBA players. I I'll be honest with you. I don't know realistically who has more NBA players on their roster between Houston and San Antonio. Like, mm. uh, you know, right. NBA players right now. Yeah. Or NBA players yeah, somewhere down the is, line. Here's what I would say is like KPJ, Jalen green, Jabari Smith, Alperin Shangoon, Jay Sean Tate, Eric Gordon, uh, KJ Martin. Okay. But the guys you're naming, are they playing in a playoff rotation right now this year? Yeah, or are they good? Playoff, I NBA guys, but like, here's my thing with the Spurs, Keldon Johnson, Josh Richardson, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan. Yeah, good Pertle. Per, there's a lot of expectation he's going to get traded. Right, but he's there right now. Right now he's, certainly, five, he's certainly on your list. Five. Malachi Branham? No, he's cer- certainly not yet. But that's the thing, though. You're Ray naming Jones? KJ Martin off the Rockets. You're naming these, like, super young dudes. You're 
with the Rockets, you're confusing will be good NBA players probably eventually versus like the Spurs guys are actually like they, they can play some ball right now. But no, look, think, we're not betting this one either yeah. way. We're we're staying away on the Spurs because this is why it's too confusing. Yeah, it's too confusing. So um, I don't think there's any sort of value there. So our best bets for the Southwest division, we like the Pelicans to win the division. I have a best bet on the over. Are you betting the Pelicans miss the playoffs too? Not, not yet. I am betting the Pelicans division four ten. That's my only Pelicans player right now. Okay. Uh, Brandon's best bet is on the Rockets under at any number that will above 22 and a half accurate. My, okay. my best bet in the division is the Grizzlies under Okay. The Rockets under is right behind that one. But I, I will play the Rockets under 25 and a half down to 23 and a half. Okay. Best are, we both have a best bet on Grizzlies under, uh, you can get 51s right now. I'm actually going to go, I'm, I'm going to go bet it again at 51 because I just saw that. So I'm going to go do that after we get off this podcast. Um, under 51, that's the best that you can get in the market. You like it at 48 and a half. Yes. What's our, cut, what's our cutoff point for a Grizzlies number? I don't think we're going to have to worry about it, but like 46. Yeah. Well, right? I, I mentioned the 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 alternate under 45 and a half that I like. So I, I would hopefully I can get that. That's a plus 235. So if it's actually that's a minus 110, I'm not as excited anymore. So grab it while I can. Stay away, no play on Mavericks over under. I have some bets on parlays with the division. I don't think plus 125 is a bad bet, but I don't think it's as good of a bet as the Pelicans. If you're only betting, like if you're like, I want to bet something in the Southwest division, you want to bet the Pelicans. You're getting much better number at 410. You just are. Like those two teams are even to me for those two teams should be the favorites to win the division. Like they should both be about plus 200, 200, 250, maybe for Pels. Spurs, no play. Nothing. No play. And that wraps up the Southwest division. This is a good start for our division pods. We'll back on Thursday with the Southeast division where, oh boy, I get, I get to talk heat with, with, with Brandon Anderson, which is always a good time <laughs> as well as boy, is that division a mess. Uh, we'll see what we get to when we get to that one. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to download the action network app, check out all the great podcasts across. If you, if you want to know like more podcasts to listen to as far as betting goes, if you download the app, we have our media center. That's got all sorts of cool stuff in there. All of our podcasts, all of our videos, all sorts of great stuff. Check out all that. You can follow Brandon in there. Uh, if you are wondering about plays for WNBA, uh, I am staying away. I may bet Sky in game four. Game four aces storm is storm or nothing. You can only bet storm there. I don't think I'm going to. I had to, I basically bet the storm as a hedge against my aces bet at plus 1100. Uh, Cause I have an, an aggressive amount of money on the aces to win the WNBA title. Um, I do think the winner comes out of that division or of that, that series though. So keep that in mind, Jim Turvey, our great guy over at action network has game guides up throughout the week on WNBA. Check that out. Uh, Joe Delera has Euro basket. Lots of fun stuff. I live bet the Netherlands the other day and it was an exquisite <laughs> experience. We'll have more of coverage of Euro basket on action network. And then by the end of the month, Brandon, September end of the month is training camp. And then we're into the season. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. And as always, let's get buckets.